Hi, this is Amit. And this is Akhila. Welcome to the Indian Music Charts podcast. This is a show where we look at the weekly music charts on Spotify and make it our springboard for a larger discussion about the music industry. We discuss listener trends, what it says about the industry and where it might be heading, and occasionally we'll also share our two cents. New episodes drop every Tuesday, so don't forget to hit follow and the bell icon to be notified. Hi everyone, it's a new week and we're looking at the charts published on 19th May 2023. Let's kick off with this week's highest climber. Rising from number 182 to number 66 this week is Obsessed by Riyar Saab and Abhijay Sharma. Now if you tuned into our episode last week, you'd know that this is a track that we discussed at length. We talked about how actor Vicky Kaushal shared this track on his Instagram, led to a snowball effect on Reels and helped make the, chart, helped the song crack the charts. If you haven't heard that episode already, we recommend that you do. As you may know, we've shifted our format. Instead of counting down the top 10 songs, we're only talking about the highlight tracks. And at number 119, there's a new entry called Na Roja Nuve from the film Kushi. The song is composed by Hesham Abdul Wahab. He's a Malayalam music director, and this is actually his Telugu debut. So it's quite interesting how... you know um composers in the south can switch between the four languages yeah and uh, well so i am actually going to talk to all of you all about this week's number one before i tell you what it is i will first tell you what it is not it is not man meri jaan it is also not kahani to dot o in a surprising twist o bedadia from tu juti mein makar is this week's number one Now, interestingly, four of the top ten tracks are actually pictured on Ranbir Kapoor and all sung by Arijit Singh. So this includes Kesariya, Tere Pyar Me, which is from the same movie, and Agar Tum Saath Ho from Tamasha, which is made as re-entry this week. Yeah, and that leads us to this week's highest new entry, which is actually the song we're going to talk about at length. Uh, now. you might be aware of this track if you are into hip hop um even though it's technically an edm track well at number 21 it's hath varthi by kashmir mc stan and phenom now this is the first single from kashmir's new concept hip hop album karam which will be re- which he'll be releasing on mass appeal now here's the interesting thing there are no other edm tracks in this on this week's spotify top 200 which sort of got me wondering why that was so and how basically these two genres hip hop and edm seem to have mm. audiences that consume their music in very different ways now it's not like the edm acts are not big on streaming in fact some of the biggest hits of all time when it comes to international music have been by uh have been edm songs on indian streaming services just to give you a couple of examples lean on by major laser um friends by marshmello taki taki by dj snake uh, but in most of these cases you'll notice that it's either when the edm act will basically tie up with a pop act or they have a pop sound uh, an example of that is somebody like alan walker you know whose music is edm but he always has singers so you know it's more like pop so you know akhil i wanted to ask you why you think this is so i have a couple of uh, you know things that i think could be behind this you know edm tracks tend to have drops but they don't necessarily have hooks which means 
they're not necessarily conducive to short format video and just by probably you mm. haven't seen too many big tracks you know on like the indian international charts for example yeah no so i think you're right like see, these are two different genres that are experienced and consumed very differently right uh, the one thing about edm music is that it's really really like well designed for live right even if you think about the history of edm or like any kind of electronic music it's very much community driven and almost always a physical venue is at the center of it all right like you hear these um, you know oh, okay xyz is doing a residency at this club right or xyz is playing at this festival and that's where you sort of discover them so the very entry point into the genre is very live right it's not necessarily streaming you said something about like you know there're not as many hooks and in fact another very peculiar way that edm is sort of experienced live is actually tracks are much longer right like in fact mm-hmm. you also know the tracks are looped quite a bit you know you want to build that anticipation and like you said the drop is such a big mm-hmm. part of edm culture that anticipation building waiting 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 for the drop is something that can only happen in real life right the same thing when you have it on record doesn't quite have the same experience so even track lengths if you think about it uh, edm tracks actually go i mean i call it longer when i'm talking about 3 minutes and 3 and a half minutes plus because that's the times we live in but um, it is technically considered long by streaming you know standards right 2 minutes or less which is back then i think what was the radio edit how much is radio edit supposed to be 2 i mean i don't remember but like there's a theory of like the 3 minute pop song right Yeah. So, and I think this has fallen over time because of short format, you know, and we've had like 1 minute tracks coming. Yeah. In. Yeah. So, I mean, my theory is two things. One is that this music is designed for live. So, no wonder it performs better live, right? And uh just the format of it is not necessarily designed for streaming. And those are like my my two top reasons why I feel EDM is a bigger live genre than it is a streaming genre. what were yours like besides maybe some that you already mentioned yeah i mean i you know i wanted to sort of quantify what we're talking about right now because it's not like edm acts are not big in fact mm-hmm. you know edm is one of the biggest genres in india right and there even spills over into streaming but i think that if you look at it on a comparative basis uh, and you look at the fact that you know if you look at something like say dj max top 100 i know that list is fairly controversial but even if you just look at that as a you know as a gauge of who the mm. most popular djs mm. in the world are you will see that the top 10 or maybe even the top 20 all of the djs have performed mm. in india multiple times and for years mm. the only exception is calvin harris and i don't know whether he basically you know Why this has happened? Is he too expensive? Or I would whatever. assume it's cost prohibitive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, too cost prohibitive. But the others have played here multiple times. Mm. So I think, given the fact that how often they play here mm. versus the fact that you know um, streaming, you don't see that reflection mm. on streaming. Uh, you know, especially with say something like Kashmir, this is probably going to be perhaps one of his biggest streaming hits of all time. You yeah. know, just because he's he's tied up with MC Stan, who has a very hardcore fan base, and you know who jumps on. uh mm. stream his tracks like very passionately especially in the first week of release and mm. you know has hit number 1 with his album uh that translation doesn't necessarily happen but again the reason why i want to quantify what we're talking about and like you know put a little asterisk there is that i actually did a little bit of digging mm-hmm. 
and try to see where does India stand for some of the biggest acts in the world. Mm-hmm. And you will find actually that the more popular, the more mm-hmm. mainstream a DJ uh, gets, uh, mm. the less prominent India figures in their top cities or top countries. And okay. I think that's primarily because they they have such a, it's not that they're not big in India, it's just that they have audiences around the world. Mm. Now, DJ Snake, for example, who's somebody who's done like multi-city tours in uh, India. Now, mm. Delhi is his number two city, Mumbai number three, Bangalore number five. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, India is his number one country. Mm. Alan Walker, uh, again, Delhi, Mumbai, Bangalore, two, three, and four for him, you know, on Spotify. Mm. Uh, Major Laser uh, is surprisingly not in the top five in India. Mm-hmm. I mean, no Indian cities are in the top five for him, mm-hmm. but he's number four on YouTube. India is the, the fourth biggest country. Mm. Martin Garrix, you know, uh, again, not in the top five on Spotify, but number four on YouTube. And the reason why I remember YouTube is YouTube, again, you know, has a massive, more broad-based audience. And right. one of the reasons for EDM's appeal, again, is it's language agnostic, right? So mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about like sort of genres like trance and techno and where, you know, it's, uh, or even house to that extent. And not that, it's not that necessarily that the poppy element always being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get uh, YouTube, Mm-hmm. Uh, audiences also, which could be you know non-English speaking audiences that are tuning right. to this music and you know enjoying it. But when you look at say, and the interesting this none of these uh, acts that I mentioned, they're all below the top one hundred on Spotify, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, you know uh, for all time. Mm-hmm. But when you look at for Marshmello, for example, India is no Indian cities are among the top five for him, and mm-hmm. neither for David Guetta. Uh, now, Marshmallow is number 23 globally on Spotify and David Keta is number 8 globally. Uh, and although they do figure on YouTube, uh, for Marshmallow, India is number 5 on his uh, top countries for YouTube. And for David Keta, India is number 9 on YouTube for his top countries. So there you can tell that, you know, these guys, again, are appealing to a perhaps, you know, more like globally they're so big that even mm. though they're really big in India there are other cities that are streaming their music more so perhaps mm. that's why you don't see them uh you know like figuring so high like say no EDM tracks in the top 100 right now you know yeah. uh it's not like sort of David Guetta isn't having like a big hit right now isn't he have he like he remade uh Eiffel 65's mm. I'm Blue mm. recently right a pure pop track Right. I just feel that, you know, it's just that it's, again, it's all relative as we say. So it's just that that's not figuring so high. I'm sure yeah. that it's, it's still doing pretty well. Yeah. No, I think what I sort of took from these examples that you gave is that there does seem to be some correlation to those people who did have India showing up in their top cities, right? They seem to have come to this country pretty often so there's obviously some correlation versus let's say you know if you've been here once or twice sure maybe for that small duration India will peak for you but maybe long term if this is a market it you do have to keep coming back again and again and this is very true especially for EDM because like mm-hmm. just take Kashmir's example right like he's been coming to India for many years right mm-hmm. and you also have seen those audiences grow 
from you know like maybe 2000 or like even lesser for that matter to now you know packing out like whole venues right like this actually makes edm a very interesting subgenre and culture right like you know generally your streaming popularity really defines your level of success after that right like if you want more live gigs the promoter is going to be like hey how many streams do you get and right? you go to a brand like how many streams do you have right and every other genre that's sort of your natural career trajectory but with electronic music it's really not necessarily the case right because like a lot of these artists may have lower streams in india but they are probably one of the most ticketed artists over here right and that's specific to live but i'm sure like there could be other revenue opportunities for them if you know they were to get into it i'm sure like if kashmir wants to do brand deals there're going to be enough brands who are sort of interested in it right and that makes this a very peculiar genre in that sense right like that's not how pop works and you know amit you obviously looked at like subcultures in music for so many years like what do you think are the traits of this subculture that makes it different that you know what what's unique or different in the interaction between the fans and even the artists in that sense uh i mean if i would say i mean perhaps the edm fan can be slightly more casual much more massy and then perhaps mm. you know a lot more casual because essentially an edm gig is you know in one sense it's a party mm. and you know so uh you know you have people coming there just to enjoy the vibe not necessarily so it's an experiential you know, yeah thing, it's an experiential right? thing and you know once again these guys are not only playing their own music right they're mixing their skills also involved playing other people's mm. music and you know mm. mixing it's not that every gig a dj plays will necessarily be only his own tracks so i think that's probably and again it's not that there is it's not that there's not a passionate fan base as well so i think you're looking at two types of audiences there's supposed to be some very hardcore people like i remember kashmir himself getting some uh flack on his instagram just because mm. he played mashups of bollywood songs you mm. know and mm-hmm. he said that you guys are doing this no no just now when he played no. to ultra he played yeah yeah oh, okay. uh, you know and he started like dropping stuff like u antava and you know he played, mm-hmm. he's been uh you know mixing some indian indian hits he played natu natu also and mm. and so some people on his um, insta were commenting oh you become you become an indian dj like what does that even mean right? <laughs> yeah. i mean and, yeah you know, and then he was like so i interviewed him for a piece and he about this album and he said look i'm going to continue doing this because it's great fun for me and and i think that those people were literally like if you only thought of my set as you know that particular segment Mm. then obviously you would feel like i don't want to come to a kashmir gig and hear what mm. uh, i hear and, everybody and else like, and, and he's into what, the experience you know yeah, it's you not kind of dj chetas or something like oh. that somebody said and uh, so he was like no but you know uh, so i understand why they you know felt that way but like but that's not my entire set mm-hmm. but i'm mm-hmm. continuing to do these like little segments because i have great fun and i love mm. seeing you know The, the reaction of the crowd that does like it uh yeah. so so i think like you so you do have like you know it's a you, you know i i i mean i am not from this sort of community i'm not like i have not been to many edm gigs mm-hmm. so i can only speak like from an observer but you know there are other subcultures that we are familiar with and you know there are similar in that sense yeah no you're you right i mean those? yeah i think like you know obviously metal is 
a very prominent genre that comes to mind extremely big live right when i say big live i don't mean in the sense that big numbers i mean it's a very passionate audience who recurringly go to these gigs right this number was significantly bigger one point in time but then well they all had kids and now they don't want to come for anything forget gigs but uh, no but i think it, it's also like you know even jazz i know you've done a lot of uh, research on this or like you were rather telling me about how this bit of a resurgence of jazz as well right and like if you think about it like i remember streaming numbers and we've tried to do you know these smaller topical campaigns around international jazz day and things like that and again you would see your expected spike because you're pushing a couple of playlists around them but year long these genres don't do well but these fans are probably some of the highest spenders right they must be spending on any kind of live gig that is available to them uh, even vinyls right like uh, metal vinyls jazz vinyls these are like really really popular uh but actually yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about jazz and like it's having sort of a resurgence and there are some similarities even though sonically yeah. it is the furthest thing from edm right yeah so you know since uh, like just to the point that you mentioned about metal uh you know and a couple of jazz but again we were talking about the way that you know the music is consumed and you spoke about vinyl so as somebody who follows you know the international charts and like the billboard charts for instance i have noticed that metal actually the fans are so passionate that they will purchase the album they will purchase the physical album and they'll purchase like the vinyl so you know like tool for instance will have you know a number one album or maybe like you know even today managed to have like a top 5 album not necessarily big on streaming like they're streaming up they will they will hit number 1 on the basis of their album sales even bloody would manage to crack the top 200 of the mm. you know billboard album charts simply because of their fan campaign and you know fans passionately going out and actually purchasing their album whether they purchase the digital download or whether they purchase the actual physical album i don't know but again streaming may not necessarily be where they where they go to consume the music again because you know this is metal i think is very much a live genre and jazz is all about live right i mean jazz is mm. about improvisation and okay. seeing the musician sort of make that composition his own and take it into different directions again not only a genre that's based a lot of on standards but even when it comes to the original music uh, we are seeing a bit of a resurgence on the live scene in india mm. and especially mm. in bombay i find that you know there's now a jazz gig every week pretty much and and mm. i actually kind of sort of even expanded this idea of not just jazz but also associated genres and you know acts like bonobo and you know fkj, FKJ who, yeah. sort of, who who are born out of jazz and are kind of even referred to as new jazz uh, mm. acts uh, you know and they again having this very you know they've all toured india this year i think cinematic yeah. orchestra again from the uk jazz affiliated acts you know and and there is a passionate audience for this and how did they come to it now that's the interesting thing they came to it these international acts at least by seeking them out online right mm. so it's not that streaming doesn't have that effect like a lot mm. of these people got into their music by streaming it online and you know some of these artists have been mm-hmm. around you know, plays a really area. big role though like for example mm-hmm. i think fkj uh there was a circle set that he did that became mm-hmm. like really really popular because he did it on the salt plains of uh, bolivia uh mm-hmm. even like there was also 
I think not the music video, you know, that one video of Tadao from the jam room, which also became really popular. So I think YouTube has played a really big role in like that top of funnel discovery, which again, I think is interesting because earlier on you pointed out that for some of these EDM artists, while they are not doing so well on Spotify, mm. they still seem to be having some presence on YouTube, you yeah. know? Yeah. And and again, I, I'm not saying they're not doing well on Spotify. It's just that on a relative scale, because there are other countries that are streaming them even mm. more, you know, yeah. India is not that big, not that big for them. Yeah, I Video is a good it's... proxy for live. I mean, it's not the same experience. Absolutely yeah. not. But it's, I think, a little bit more elevated than just the audio, right? Yeah, yeah. But it is, again, it is niche, right? So when we talk about somebody like an FKJ or a Bonobo mm-hmm. playing to like two, 3,000 people, and then you have somebody like a Post Malone playing to like 25,000 to mm-hmm. 30,000 people. So that's the difference, right? It's not like a 2,000 capacity concert uh, you know, a multi-city tour is not a profitable venture. Yeah. You know, in India right now, but it's not. I mean, obviously not on the same scale as a twenty-five thousand capacity concert, right? But that's mm. again, it's just a genre. So yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah. I think that's the way you have to look at it. But I wanted to ask you, like, what are the strategies you think that you know, uh, EDM producers can use perhaps to up their streaming game? Yeah, I mean, I think. One great example is actually what Kashmir is doing. And I think mm-hmm. this is uh, something that a lot of EDM artists have done is that mm-hmm. when you're looking for streaming success, collaborations are a great way to sort of see better success on streaming than you would with a traditional EDM track. Uh, obviously, hip-hop X EDM is really, really popular. So it's mm-hmm. pop and EDM, right? And I think for Kashmir, like... A, I think there's going to be a very interesting album because it's a concept album, you know, and there are going to be a bunch of these tracks coming out. These tracks also kind of, like, I don't know how much of this is already out and, like, I don't want to share more than what Aishman would want me to share, but, like... No, no, but Kashmir has told me about the album, so you can share. Yeah, oh, okay. Officially cool, on cool. record, yeah. Oh, great. Okay, fine. So, like, you know, the, the, it's a concept album also, mm-hmm. right? So, I think there are lots go Like, storytelling is another very mm-hmm. interesting way to get people interested to actually come and listen to the lyrics right and i think so he's ticked the box on two things collabs and storytelling right uh the other thing also is that like length of song which we touched upon right your your traditional hardcore edm track which will go on for six minutes with a drop and that anticipation is obviously not going to do well so you could have two different edits right you have your live experience but you also sort of you know have uh your streaming cut of it you know like like how radio cut was back in the days but see these are all things that one can do if you are an EDM artist and you're thinking about within the current system you know how do I sort of get streaming success and I continue to have my community live but I also want to go a little bit in speculation territory and kind of pull you in over here that you know how like last year for a very hot minute metaverse was like everything mm-hmm. and the whole concept was you know you could feel like you're inside mm-hmm. a concert right and obviously the technology has not yet come to that stage where you truly feel like you're standing next to a real human it's going to take a lot of time and I don't know if people have left that bandwagon but uh, you know I- I'm curious like what technological gaps do you think can be filled that could maybe make EDM not just a live genre but like take it to other platforms as well including streaming I think you have to look at it 
from a perspective of what is the experience that can be offered, right? So, mm. I mean, if you take about these examples of maybe artists, you know, who play these gigs on Fortnite, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether that's exactly what you're talking about, but, you know, they were the talk of the town for mm. like the music industry for months and months and months. And you had even Marshmallow, I think, doing one of those gigs. Uh, mm. So you've had, you know, EDMX enter that territory already. I don't know whether it led to a spike in streaming, but again, see, here's the thing. When you're going to doing something like that, you're, you're again targeting a community like the gaming community, right? Mm. And so you're offering like that immersive experience. But what you're doing is you're going to where the audience is. Mm. You are not bringing to audience to where you are, which is essentially streaming services. Yeah. Right? So I think yeah. that's the core difference. And when it comes to say, you know, VR and things, I think we're like, I, I think it's a work in progress. I'm sure eventually we'll get there where uh, you will have that immersive experience. But then again, I think then it'll happen across genres. It won't happen limited to one genre. Okay. It will be across the board. And then you'll see an uptick perhaps in, uh, you know, the numbers of people enjoying this. But Will it necessarily translate into streaming? I don't know. I mean, like one of the back in the day, I remember like a couple of years ago, I remember very, very simple, basic things. Like I had written a gig about like, I had written a, a column mm. about my wish list for like pub gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that. And, and one of the things that I wrote is that I wish that, you know, artists would do simple things like just have a QR code mm. uh, plastered somewhere. Mm. on there at the gig so that you can directly just scan it and go to you know your streaming find music. choice yeah. and find their music and i'm happy to say that i do find that now after like mm. some three years i am seeing that finally at yeah. a couple of gigs that i've been to a couple of indie music gigs that i've been to so it's very simple so how are you making that process seamless yeah. and painless and so easy that you know that i literally scan that QR code and my drive back home, I'm listening to you, mm, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're a bridge that offline and online experience. And I think like you're right, QR codes, you know, sometimes even simple verbal cues, you know, when an artist just says at the end of a set, don't forget to follow me on or, you know, whatever platform. It is a reminder whether I do it the same day or not, I'm much more likely to actually do it versus not being told at all, right? And see, the other thing also is that, again, we're not necessarily saying that you must be able to translate to streaming. You know, this is only if there is an artist who might be listening to this, who wants to do it. There are N number of artists who are very happy with just having a live, you know, presence, having their community. And streaming doesn't really play a big role for them in terms of the revenue as well. And which actually... For most musicians, it doesn't seem yeah, to, you know. Yeah, and there's also so much hustling involved, right? If you have a niche fan base and you have a loyal mm. fan base, which a lot of these genres that we're talking about, uh, you know, tend to have, then is it that important? Not necessarily, right? I mean, you no. can sustain a career just playing live without ever having like a top 200 hit. You don't yeah. really care. exactly and like you know obviously this track while of course it's a Kashmir track so we're classifying it as EDM right it's probably one of the few outliers that has actually come onto the charts and like I would be very interested in seeing you know some of his other collabs if they also make it to the charts obviously Stan is a 
very different beast altogether you know especially with the big boss win and everything that he's been doing uh but yeah i mean i would be curious to see if, if some of the other tracks end up making it to charts but even if they don't i still think there's a lot of potential for those to get playlisted a lot more than a you know an instrumental edm track or an english edm track see the other way to also grow i think mm-hmm. is the fact that he has hindi lyrics right yeah. one of the things is that now this gets ingested in the hindi language the second a track gets ingested in let's say any other language that's not hindi or mm-hmm. like a desi language they put it in english by the way mm-hmm. and on all streaming services english just has a much smaller user base Yeah. So even the fact that he's collabing with like Hindi I, I don't know if he has any Punjabi collaborations on the album if he does that's a completely different audience though so I think his core fans are going to come back for this album obviously mm-hmm. but I think some newer audiences are going to discover him and some of his catalog so yeah I'm actually very excited to see or rather hear more tracks as they come out yeah and if if and when those tracks do chat we'll be mentioning them as highlight tracks on our survey and that's it for this week's episode we will see you all in another week yeah.